Welcome to Market Corner Conversations, sponsored by Foresight Health. This is where outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Market Corner Conversations is Foresight Health's regular podcast series. It explores the intricacies of market-driven health reform. We dig deep into the U.S. system's structural inefficiencies. We explain how its artificial economics and distorted business models rob the American people of the great health care they deserve. We identify and talk with innovative companies that are reinventing healthcare delivery by being better, faster, cheaper, and more customer-friendly. We have a terrific program today. Our guest is Jake Crampton, the founder and CEO of MedSpeed. Jake, welcome to Market Corner Conversations. Dave, thank you very much for the invitation to be here. It is truly a pleasure. Yeah, we're going to have some fun, Jake. I know we are. Uh, your story, the MedSpeed story, is, is one of my favorites because it demonstrates how venture capital and private equity can take a business that in many ways seems like the most boring thing in the world and turn it into something special. So MedSpeed uh, started off as a, addressing courier services within health systems. You won the uh, University of Chicago Business School Venture Challenge back way back in 1998, uh, almost 20 years ago, and then have now have turned it into a very big company. I mean, wonder, Jake, if you could talk to us a little bit about that journey um, how you started out, uh, how you got this idea, how you took this boring idea of, of courier services within health systems, brought technology, brought operating expertise, brought systems, and is, have a, and professional service uh, providers, and now have essentially created an entirely new uh, intra-company logistics platform for health systems. Just, just walk us through uh, how you started from a germ of an idea to something that's really pretty substantial and powerful today. Uh, happy to, Dave, although I am a little bit offended that you think that driving around blood and urine for a living could be thought of as boring. <laughs> no, I, I think of MedSpeed and in often describe it as kind of a happy accident. I went to business school in 1996 really with the idea of not being an entrepreneur. I'd done that before business school and thought it'd be go, it would be great to uh, go get some terrific education and go get a job and learn from some other folks and was well on that path, uh, but took a uh, entrepreneurial strategy course in my second year of business school. And the final project for that course was to develop a business concept. Uh, so I and the three other people that were on my team for that got together and we each brought a few ideas to discuss. And it's important now for me to acknowledge that the original germ of the idea for MedSpeed is not mine. Uh, it came from my very close friend, Everett Truitt, uh, who had worked in the lab industry before business school and just had a simple observation uh, that if you go to a doc office, you'll see these boxes sitting on the floor, hanging on the door. And the reason they're there is if we have our blood sample drawn, it's not going to be tested there at the doc office, but will rather be picked up and taken to a lab where it will be tested. And Everett's core observation is that rather than there being one of those boxes, there were usually two or three, because if we had the same doctor but different health plans, it was likely that our specimens would be going to a different location. Uh, and he said, well, why don't we develop a specialized service that could service those three labs and we'll send one person to the door instead of three. And it was that simple germ of the idea 
Uh, and I guess, you know, disruption is a popular word these days. Uh, it was a disruptive idea that got us started down the path and it probably would have ended there with that project, but for this business plan competition uh, that was just getting started uh, at uh, the University of Chicago and our professor put us on to it and it looked like fun, so we did it. And lo and behold, after a bunch more work and uh, meeting with people in the lab business, meeting with venture capitalists, other uh, folks that had started successful businesses, uh, a, a much broader thesis developed, which was this was something that happened at pretty significant scale, but was way below the radar typically of the consumer of the service, the laboratory. We were focused on labs at that point in time. Uh, uh, and was either being done internally, you know, so kind of, I would say, a diversion from core competency from the things where effort should be focused, or it was being done by a general delivery service that really wasn't up to the job. So we looked at this and thought there was uh, a third way, uh, kind of incorporating the best of both those models, and off we went. And so with that, that sort of got us going uh, I quit the job. I hadn't yet started to, uh, to get this going after graduating. Spent some time raising money, some time refining the plan. Uh, managed to convince uh, one uh, unsuspecting prospective customer to do work with us. And uh, on April 10th, 2000, we began operations. So that's 18 years ago. Uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, which is a kind of crazy thing to think about. Wow, pop the champagne. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> celebrate we, the victories. We, we, we do need to celebrate the victories, that's true. And you know, when we look at this, uh, you know, it's been an evolution. Our business has changed over time uh, from doing this only for labs and really having what I would call kind of a value prop 101, uh, a very good service at a fair price, to something that today uh, we're working in 30 states. We work with some of the largest health systems in the country, so not just labs. And what's been most exciting is as we've gotten deeper and deeper into this space, is understanding how this service, and, and I'm taking away my earlier jab about it being uh, boring, the service that could be thought of as that way or below the radar, really has the capacity to unlock uh, change within our customers. And that's been that's been an incredible journey, and uh, I'm very grateful to have been able to be part of it. Yeah. You know, Jake, I was a, a soccer player in college, and um, I read a book not too long ago called The Numbers Game that essentially made the case that soccer is a weak link game. Um, a lot of players on the field, very difficult to score a goal. Um, you often need seven or eight well-executed passes to create the opportunity uh, for a, a superstar like Messi to, to score a goal. Uh, whereas basketball, by contrast, would be a, a strong link game. LeBron James can get to the basket anytime he wants. Even the greatest teams have some average performers on them, role players and so on. And I, I was thinking about your business in this context. It's really a weak link business. Uh, it's not that you don't have superstars. You've got great performers. But everybody needs to step up, do their job, uh, contribute to the whole, make the pass uh, that leads to the better outcomes. Could you just talk about um, that culture and how you've cultivated um, an ethos within the company, and I've seen it, of, of people – 
you know, understanding that you're only as strong as your weakest link and, and doing everything well so that you generate the superior performance that, that you do. And the outcomes that overall not only reduce costs but dramatically reduce errors, which also reduces costs. So just talk a little bit about that. Right. Now, I, think, I think it's a really interesting uh, uh, analogy. And in some ways, as I was, you were talking, I was thinking about healthcare broadly and how you're able to uh, pull off this concerted and coordinated effort of all these different pieces to ultimately take care of you and me and everyone else in our communities. And I think it, it probably resembles this also. Uh, but taking it to MedSpeed, you know, the, the stars on our team, if you want to think of it in those terms, are the nearly 2,000 people that are on the road uh, on uh, MedSpeed's behalf, but ultimately on behalf of our customers and patients to move the things that need to be moved to enable healthcare to happen. Uh, however, those folks to do their job well are being supported by our local management teams. They're being supported by specialists with IT expertise, with training and human resources expertise. Folks that are looking at regulatory matters and quality matters. Uh, marketing teams that not only are out talking to prospective customers but are helping to educate the consumers of our service on how to get the most out of it. And uh, it, it really couldn't be more true that if any pieces of that don't pull their weight, the overall experience that we're trying to create for our customers uh, in not only having a, 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 a sort of pleasurable service experience with MedSpeed, but of us being able to become part of their broader team, their broader sort of weak link team, as you will, to continue the analogy, uh, starts not to work as well. Uh, and uh, what, you know, my number one learning in these 18 or so years of being uh, part of this changing business is that uh, technology solutions and processes and sort of what I would call the technocratic elements of a solution are just dwarfed in importance by culture and people uh, and creating an alignment of mission uh, within a broad group that yes, uh, even though what we're doing today may uh, be routine and a job for us, uh, we're touching people's lives and playing a key role, uh, maybe a below the radar role, but a vital role in ensuring that a whole lot of people get the care they need. Yeah, I, you know, just think about it. A, a, a sample misdelivered, uh, an organ misdelivered could be the difference between life and death, honestly. It, it, the process of getting it from one place to another may not be that complicated, although you bring massive technology and logistical support uh, and operating expertise to optimize that. But, um, but that type of failure um, – could be catastrophic, and you know I've I've seen the um, or we've talked about the the very very low error rates at, at MedSpeed, and what I'm really impressed by are the exceptionally low error rates. But I, you know I look at how you talk to your, everybody at MedSpeed is a MedSpeeder. You've got uh, small phrases to describe what you do, you know, and it feels almost like a family environment. Uh, it's not that people can't disagree or. Um, have differences from time to time, but you're actually all pulling together. You're part of this MedSpeed family. It feels like you go to a great deal of effort to create that type of culture and orientation 
Could you just talk about that and maybe give uh, an example or two of a teammate that's surprised and impressed you just by how uh, deeply they've embraced the mission of what you do and, and deliver success uh, for, for your clients? And you know, it does have the attributes of a family. And, and any good, effective family, by the way, will we'll have a periodic argument that will hopefully bring them to a more effective state of being. So we do have that element, but the idea is that when you establish a culture where the people within the enterprise extend themselves to each other, and then you make a step beyond that and to say, our customer and ultimately our customer's customer, which is all of us, right, which is the patient, that we are part of that, so when we have an opportunity to extend ourselves there, we should do so. Lo and behold, you get in this reciprocal virtuous cycle where uh, a lot of our heroic tales uh, have to do with weather events. And so we have for years run a shuttle that's gone between Chicago and Springfield. We service the southern parts of the state and they get hubbed there and up to Chicago. Uh, and I remember a story of two people going on that shuttle in, uh, in snow with one person hanging out the window uh, to assure that the windshield was clear so the other one could drive. I mean, it's, it's, it all worked out uh, and uh, within the boundaries of taking care of, of being good stewards on the road, you know, that's just a reflection of what happens when people are aligned with a mission. Uh, you figure out how to get things done. Now, by the way, the, the, the daily work we do very rarely requires anything of that nature. However, if you have that kind of orientation that can allow you to rise to the truly unusual situation, it's a pretty good indicator that day in and day out, you're going to care about what you do. And that ultimately is far more impactful. Yeah, it really is. And and you give the people the power to make the decisions in the moment. And they've been receiving the signals and understand the mission and they can plug in and be the most effective ambassadors that you have for the company. It's it's really, we're yeah. Tr we're trying. Uh, it's, it's, it, I'll tell you that it's our... Uh, the, the number one biggest challenge I feel with scaling is how you put in place scalable cultural elements. Uh, you know, a big part of me misses the, the, the days when uh, everyone in the business saw well, all of us every day and we shook each other's hands. And, and that, was, that was a brilliant time in its own way. Uh, but for the trade-off of, we hope, being able to be impactful at a broader scale, we need to learn how to be sharper and better so that we're able to extend that family atmosphere across an you know, ever-growing group of people. Yeah, terrific. I mean, just terrific. Um, Jake, let's, let's talk a little bit about how you shifted uh, focus of the company or, or your description of the company from a transportation services career company to one that now does intra-company logistics. And, just walk us through your thinking and making that change and what that means and how it really elevates um, what you do, both in terms of the range and scope of activities, but also the ability to deliver a better product, better outcomes to customers. Intracompany logistics, back at you. Yes, intracompany logistics. So intracompany logistics, uh, a full disclosure here, is a term that we invented because we were, we realized, and we were intending to 
try to create a market that did not exist. This was a, again, a below the radar sort of amalgam of services that would often be called courier, just the same as couriering a legal document or a car part might be described. And we felt both internally and to the marketplace that we needed to create a term and, and ultimately, more importantly, a definition along with it that was more reflective of the role that this plays in the chain of events that ultimately allows patients to be cared for. Uh, so that's, that's the origin of the term, but where I think MedSpeed is attempting to really live up to what we mean is when our services move from a sort of something that might be viewed from a cost center orientation, is this something that I can save a few dollars on, to something that is viewed as an enabler that goes well beyond sort of the narrow playing field of logistics or transportation alone. So when, when we're, again, I just, I have this running theme that goes through my head almost every day, which is that the delivery of care is a set of coordinated processes. And what we do touches many of these processes. And when we get better and better at understanding those shared dependencies or the opportunity for what we do to positively impact those other parts of the process flow, if you will, uh, that, that's what intracompany logistics means to me where it starts to really truly take on that enabling function. Well, the concept of shared dependencies leads almost naturally into a discussion of strategic partnerships, right? You're, you're all open about what goals you're trying to accomplish, what's working, what's not working. Uh, could you talk to me or talk to the audience really about how you think about strategic partnerships? How do you come together, roll up your sleeves, get on the same side of the table and really deliver for your customers so they can deliver for the people that need the best healthcare services they can, they can receive. Right. Um, it's, it, it, it's a huge deal. Um, it, it, there's, there's different forms of relationships. There's transactional relationships and then there's what you might truly call partnerships. And, there's a, and by the way, there's, that's not a, a one or the other. That's a continuum uh, from one extreme to the other at all points along the way. In some ways, I do go back. One of MedSpeed's three core cultural principles is we are one team. And one of the subpoints on that is the customers on the team. We sometimes joke, you know, all things out there, basically on everything, we're on the same side of the table as the customer, with the exception they'd probably like to pay me a little less, and I'd probably like them to pay me a little more. <laughs> uh, but even that one's a little deceiving, uh, because when you start to reimagine the way value can be created and be distributed to the mutual benefit of both parties, even that one doesn't need to be something that feels oppositional. When you bind arms, and create transformation that in turn unlocks value, uh, that both parties get to keep part of that value, which by the way, can create virtuous cycle of MedSpeed being a profitable and therefore investment-oriented business that gets better and better at creating new forms of value. Uh, even that becomes a reinforcement of partnership instead of a detriment to it. So that's, that's what I think of as partnership. Basically, you are on the same side of the table looking at common goals. 
you know, the, the alternative is, is sort of the orientation of the zero-sum game or the, or the commodity buy, where the only way for one party to derive value is for the other party to give it up. And, you know, those are inherently tension-filled kinds of relationships, and they don't have any shelf life. Uh, the partnership, ideally, unless you run out of ways to improve, uh, which we haven't found yet, uh, <laughs> has the opportunity to be sort of permanently sustainable. And that's, that's what we talk about. We, we have a phrase, we talk about being 25-year contract worthy. And I, I need to say we, we don't have any of those. We'd like to. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not a, a strong orienting mission. When you can get on the same side of the table and share goals, be in the other person's shoes for real, uh, that uh, gives you the opportunity to earn that kind of trust and to build it over time and to work with people for a long, long time, which is exciting. Reminds me of that song from the uh, 60s, Walk a Mile in My Shoes. Before you criticize something or abuse, walk a mile in my shoes. <laughs> so that's exactly right. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. You know, put your, it's it's uh, do unto others as they do unto you. I mean, it, it's, uh, these, are, these are simple concepts. Uh, I think the simple concepts end up being really powerful ones, not just in your personal life, but in your in your uh, uh, professional pursuits as well. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm thinking about your customers, uh, the health systems of America, and um, they're in for some bumpy roads as they transition from a an acute centric operating platform dependent on getting premium revenues for commodity services. Uh, to one that needs to become more decentralized, needs to become more customer-focused, uh, needs to provide ultimately the right care at the right time and the right place at the right price. Um, and I, honestly, Jake, as I'm sort of thinking about health systems and strategic partners, that's the world you live in every day and particularly – as you, the company migrates from just moving stuff around health systems to now also moving people around uh, and, and services around, uh, it strikes me as just one of those, uh, what did you call them, virtuous uh, cycles or circles where um, your expertise in intracompany logistics can help the health systems think differently about service provision, which would allow them to deliver a superior level of service with greater customer convenience at a lower price. Could you maybe just talk about the future of healthcare? And it's as you mentioned, disruption earlier. And disruption is really another way, <laughs> another way of saying destruction. Or there, there's a lot of destruction with disruption as the new world order emerges. Um, but as you're you're looking out at the landscape, seeing the challenges, seeing the need for health systems to become. Uh, more consumer-oriented, more efficient, uh, more accountable, actually. Uh, you know, how how can your unique set of attributes at MedSpeed be a constructive part of the transformation of the overall system? So that's like a very big question. It is a really big question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you can take a second to, no, you know. No, no, to, no, to, no. To, I, yeah. I, 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 the reason why I pause for a minute is because there really are a lot of parts to the answer. Uh, the, I think when we look at what MedSpeed does as a service, you know, what is our role in this disruption or transformation, uh, I, I think of a couple things. Uh, one 
is around enabling care. So one of the things that we see changing, and this is great, is the movement of care towards a more patient convenient and lower cost setting, uh, whether that's an ambulatory clinic or more and more the home. Uh, so you use the, 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 the phrase right uh, service, right place, right time. We think about right item, right place, right time. So this syncing up of an evolving care model uh, uh, has behind the scenes a greater need for logistics to be able to support that delivery of care in way more places uh, and to sync up the arrival conceivably of providers, patients, and stuff uh, to an ever-changing set of places. So there is this care enablement uh, component which is part of it. Uh, the, the next is around efficiency. And, and uh, you know, the healthcare conundrum, and that's kind of a negative way to say it, the healthcare opportunity is to take a business model or an operating model and convert it rather than trying to make it a little better within the margins, but to reimagine it. Uh, and one of the core ideas there is to be able to take out cost. So when as a service, we're able to go and help people share things they didn't used to share or take transportation that can be embedded in the cost of many, many goods and pull that cost out and run things through our network or enable people to centralize functions that historically have been fragmented. Uh, that's when we can start to really move the ball on cost effectiveness. So you take those two things together, enabling care and helping to do it cost effectively. You know, that's the mission of our service. I, 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 I will make one small point beyond that, which is hopefully, uh, hopefully if we live up to our calling, which is to really be part of the journey, to be a co-pilot on the journey, at least in the things we touch uh, with our customers, we can provide great examples of how that can be effective, how change can happen, how uh, alternative ways of approaching relationships uh, can really yield fruit and be a model. Now, that's aspirational for MedSpeed. We need to keep improving our game uh, if, if we want to uh, be creating those kind of customer outcomes, but that's what we're trying to do. That's a terrific answer. And, and I, I know you're up for big questions, so I, I didn't hesitate to throw, <laughs> one going, at, throw one at you. So <laughs> I think we'll, we'll, we'll end with this last one. So it's, uh, let's say it's April 10th, um, 2025, Cubs opening day. Um, they've just won their, you know, fourth consecutive World Series. Uh, uh, you know I'm a White Sox fan, Dave. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, you know, that's seven years off. It'll be your 25th anniversary of, of your company. Pick out one thing that seems impossible today that you think you'll be doing in 2025 that uh, will just kind of blow our socks off and we'll, we'll, we'll tie a bow around it after that. So... Wow. Now, now that's, that's interesting because we, we think a lot about things that may be different in, uh, uh, in three or five or seven years. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm challenging myself to think of one that 
might feel impossible. Uh, I can tell you what, a couple that maybe seem possible, which is that we're getting deeper into forms of care management. Uh, we're getting deeper into the broader healthcare ecosystem of working with other players around their logistics needs. Uh, I definitely see MedSpeed skinning a few new cats with regard to related problems. I can even see us uh, with certain applications of, of drones. We've looked at a pilot on that, believe it or not, already. Um, if, if I could, if I could, you know, close my eyes and imagine something uh, that would make me very pleased, uh, it, it would be that the environment that we're all working to change, the healthcare environment, uh, has navigated this period of moving from volume to value and really orienting around a completely different goal. Uh, so, and that MedSpeed ultimately would look itself in the mirror and say we were part of that. Uh, that's in some ways, when you think about the dimension of that change, forget MedSpeed, think about, uh, think about this $3 trillion industry and this country of 300 plus million people and ultimately all of us wanting to be well and wanting our loved ones and our, our friends and our community members to be well. Uh, if we could feel like that transformation had occurred effectively in MedSpeed by challenging ourselves to self-disrupt along the way, was playing a progressively greater role in that, that would, um, uh, I hope it's not impossible, make me very pleased. Well, I, I, you know, as I sit there, look out over the horizon, I could see your med speeders being, you know, frontline health coaches, you know, as you drop supplies off or medications off with, uh, with, uh, with, with customers, patients, uh, being able to do a quick scan of, of the environment, uh, you know, getting to know people on a first-name basis, building part of the care relationship, trust relationship, and, uh, and becoming much more integrated into the whole fabric of, of how society comes together around this, this goal of not only treating people when they're sick, but keeping them healthy and productive as long as possible. And uh, That doesn't sound at all aspirational, Dave. <laughs> well, it's why we get up every morning, right? And, yes, uh, yes, it truly we, is. Uh, it truly is. Yeah, well, well, Jake, I can't thank you enough. This is uh, – time has flown by and I, I, I'm not surprised because your story is uh, is is uh, not only interesting, it's inspirational. And, and uh, I think – just a consummate example of how healthcare is recreating itself bottom up. Uh, companies like yours focused on doing things better, creating value, uh, delivering value. I mean, I'm, I've got this image now of drones carrying urine, and I, I do want to get that out of my head. But I don't blame you. <laughs> but but uh, you know. Um, that's how we're going to fix this. It's not going to be top down. It's going to be we the people, the, the companies of healthcare, finding areas where they can deliver competitive advantages, doing it consistently, doing it for the right reasons, creating value, getting these virtuous cycles to grow bigger and more integrated. Um, and actually, you know, at the end of the day, making logistics sexy, which uh, which somehow you're managing to do. So, uh, Jake, thanks again so much. It's been a pleasure having you on, on uh Market Corner Conversations, and uh, we 
here at Foresight Health, uh, just wish you the best going forward for you, your company, and for your clients, and ultimately for the patients that benefit from your services. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Dave. Really appreciate being here today. If you're frustrated with healthcare, if you want to understand how the system is reinventing itself through relentless bottom-up market-driven reform, please subscribe to our podcast at foresighthealth.com. Be a rebel with a cause. Help us fix American healthcare. Until next time, this is Dave Johnson.